up, everybody? Welcome back to Voices from the Mausoleum. In today's edition of Five Influential Horror, uh, we have Luther Cross, um, who is a horror author and a new horror friend that I met on Twitter. Um, and we are going to talk a little bit about a book about his books at the end. Um, but first, we're going to jump into his five influential horror and why he picked them. So uh, we can just start with your first one, which I think was The Evil Dead. Yes, it is. Uh, I mean, I'm not even really sure where to begin. Obviously, this one's like a cult favorite, you know, yeah. like yeah. there's so many things to love about this movie. Yeah, um, I, I think just in general, the camp part of it, you know, the campiness of it is just like one of my favorite things, obviously, because sure. like and I think it's um, that's why I put it at the top of my list, too, is because it's one of those things that reminded me when I go back and I, I watch it or I think about it, it reminds mm -hmm. me that horror doesn't necessarily have to be serious 100% of the time. Sure. You know, yeah. like you can throw some little one-liners in there, yeah. have some corny scenes that, you know, maybe are just off the wall or don't, yeah. uh, you know, things that people wouldn't expect, you know what sure. I mean? Just stuff to kind of mix it up. Um, yeah. And um, I think Evil Dead does that very well. Uh, yeah, it's just moments in that in that movie where, you, you just look at it and you're like, what? why did, okay. Yeah. <laughs> like the, the pencil in the ankle scene, I think is one of those scenes for me where it's just like, <laughs> it's just so strange, you know, like you just, who grabs a pencil and stabs someone in the ankle, but there it is, you know? Yeah. I know what you mean. It feels kind of out of place, but then it just works. And there's, it and does. I agree. I think there's a few scenes like that, that feel like if maybe they had been done by somebody else, they would be, they would disconnect as far as scenes flow, but they, you're right there. Yeah. There's a bunch of moments like that where you're just kind of like, like the, I think one of my moments like that is when Scotty's like, I don't care if she like, he's like, I don't care about her. She's your girlfriend. You deal with it. And you're just like, what the hell? <laughs> yeah. Like, wait, I thought you guys were all friends. Like, <laughs> or, the, or I think the other one that really always caught me off guard is the scene where like, after she's decapitated, mm -hmm. her body comes back from the grave and it's like dancing around in the yard doing ballet. It's like, what I, <laughs> okay <laughs> yeah 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 but that and, and so like i said it's just one of those movies it's a lot of fun um yeah. there there are some really good gory uh yeah. scary moments you know yeah. but overall it's just like this strange mix of like yeah you know yeah and sam raimi just i mean he knocked it out of the park on that one so yeah um and it, it also is where i kind of got introduced to lovecraft because um, okay. you know like so they feature the necronomicon right um yeah. and so after i watched the movie you know i'm just like okay well that sounds familiar like i, I kind of right. felt like i'd heard of it before so i did a little bit of google searching and found a bunch of stuff on lovecraft and mm -hmm. i was like oh what's this you know and i just kind of dove down that rabbit yeah. hole um and i mean lovecraft is so how do i put this he's his his actual writing style uh, the words that he chooses to use, things like that. Like, I feel like he was trying to maybe write from like a higher place, you know, a little more lofty. Sure. Um, so I don't necessarily appreciate like his actual prose, sure. but his characters um, and his his monsters mm -hmm. and just just the cosmic horror. Uh, yes. Ideology yeah. in general like that. And he created this massive mythos. Right. You know, and so like in that respect i look at the guy as a, a absolute genius you know what i mean so yeah. even though there's sometimes i'm reading something and i'm like well, that's a little bit pretentious maybe but at the same time like you know I, I love the stuff that he comes up with and it's just like yeah yeah 
So, and you can't deny the influence that it's had across the board. I mean, it's influenced for no, I mean, forever. Like, and it's in so many things, whether it's, right. you know, writing, video games, there are so many things across like the horror genre and subgenres that he has impacted, which is, there's no denying that at all. Oh um, yeah. I mean, there's, there's other uh, authors out there that, I mean, have, have practically made their entire living writing things within his mythos, you yeah. know? Yeah. Um, uh, August Erlith and folks like that, you know, yeah. I mean, they just like they picked that up and ran with it, which and, and and that's another thing I love about it, too, is that a lot of it is like public domain now because it was written so long ago. So it. that like, you know, if, if you are a super fan and you want to do something yeah. like that, there's no legality to worry about. You know, yeah. you can just take so. your spin on it. That's true. That's true. Well, yeah, I think I actually think that might have been my first introduction actually too now that I think about so the first time I saw um the evil dead I was pretty young and I remember being so young that I really didn't like it um I don't think I grew to appreciate it until you know I was a little bit older and I saw it again and then it's just um it's very different experiencing it as somebody like a little bit older um I mean it's I think mostly because like I as the stuff that I was introduced to when I was younger was like really um the the other basic stuff like you know michael myers friday the 13th right. uh nightmare mm-hmm. you know all those kind of things that everybody knows what they are um but yeah. i was introduced to the evil dead um world actually with army of darkness that was the first one that i saw okay, okay. yeah because that's one of my dad's favorites um he's like he really likes hokey cheesy like i mean the the worst like just the craziest stuff that like no one likes he loves and so that was my that was the first one i ever saw and then i went back and watched evil dead and then evil dead 2 um so that gotcha. was like my intro into that world was army of darkness which is extreme campiness like it just they gradually oh, yeah. just thought you know like it's so silly and over the top but it's still fun it's it's good entertainment but um yeah that was kind of like my introduction to that world was army of darkness first so saw them backwards but yeah i didn't appreciate it as much until i got a lot older and it being such a classic uh, so then, what did you think of the remake? Or well, it's not a remake, but it's sort of a remake. The 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 new oh, one. Like the, the the more recent one. Yeah, the more recent um, one. I, I feel like if you separate it from the original franchise, it yeah. stands alone very well. Yes. Um, but it, there's uh, it's a very serious horror film, right? It is. Like it, it it actually yeah uh, cuts all the camp out, and mm-hmm. it's you know there's just a lot of gore. There's a lot of like. Uh, not really jump scares necessarily, but just yeah. like moments that kind of grab you, you know, and you're like, yeah. oh, whoa, you know, and it, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. and I think uh, in that respect, it's an awesome film, but sure. it, to me, it doesn't really fit in with <laughs> the actual Evil Dead series, right. you know what I mean? Yeah. But I will say um, one of the things that like a lot of people complained about, oh, it's just a bunch of blood flying around everywhere. And I'm like, well, yeah, but I mean, that's kind of part of the allure, you know, like, yeah. So I thought it was great. Honestly, yeah. Did. yeah, it's a bit of a gore fest. I actually think when I saw the original Evil Dead, that or like that was probably probably when I started even realizing that I even liked gore because I don't know that I really knew that before. And then seeing a lot of stuff um, that was older but new for me, this kind of like this gradual transition into like realizing that I actually don't really mind 
gore films as long as they're done effectively but i think those are i mean even with the the campiness of the evil dead i feel like it's still effective because it's still like you may you may chuckle or you may be like okay that was kind of out of left field but you're still at the same time kind of like ooh, kind of <laughs> yeah yeah you're still you're still kind of cringing on the inside like oh that's gross <laughs> yeah for sure it's still a little unsettling so it's like and that means that it's doing what it's supposed to be doing on both accounts so well, and one of the things I always found interesting, too, about the first two films is that even though the second one is named Evil Dead 2, it's not really like a sequel. Right. It's more of like a retelling of the original yes. movie. Yeah. And, I, you know, I, th that's just one of those things that, like, adds to the charm of the whole series. Yeah. You know, it's just a strange, like, I'm not really sure what Sam Raimi was doing back then. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. But you're, but you're like, yeah, but it works for me. I remember going oh, into God. the second one thinking, why are we back? I'm so confused because I didn't go into it realizing what the story was supposed to be. And then oh, seeing it all the way through, it was kind of like, oh, okay, I got it. I got it. Because you're thinking like, there's no way in hell you could get me back <laughs> after everything that happened. Like, absolutely not. Why are we back? You know, but, and then you kind of like, it doesn't take very long for you to kind of figure out where it's going with it. But yeah, it's a... Uh, it was fun. I like the second one too. I think the second one is is definitely like, it's funny how gradual I felt like the kind of campiness, cheesiness was. And then Army of Darkness was like, just chains off. Like they just did. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I feel like he, what happened was like, he was probably trying to make a serious film with the first one. Yes. And then yeah. when people started pointing out <laughs> the hokiness he yeah. was just like okay that's fine i'll just embrace that that's okay right right <laughs> like, he just went with it he was like fine we'll do this yeah and they have kind of a silly relationship in general don't they like bruce campbell like i feel like they're they're very silly people so it kind of was probably yeah. easier for them to embrace that part as far as um just kind of being who they are and letting it like go um, just rolling with it yeah 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 so yeah I, I like the evil dead that's one that um I don't, I feel, so that one actually made it on two other lists, at least one, but it's so crazy because like nothing like that, like the person I spoke to about it already said nothing like what you said. And it's so crazy how people can appreciate films and then be like kind of high on their list, but not for any like, of the same reasons for at all. completely different reasons. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause, cause his like, his reasoning and the reason he liked it is like nothing like what you said at all so I think that's kind of funny and interesting in general so it is that is interesting but see that's one of the great things about art I think is that yeah. everybody has their own way of interpreting it mm -hmm. um and you know sure. I mean like if you look at a painting you know mm -hmm. you, every person that walks by it's going to have a different feeling yeah. and get, get a different idea of what's going on you know what yeah. I mean oh, and yeah. that's just one of the best things about art and the yeah. fact that even though that's how it operates it still has the capacity to bring people together. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. even though everybody's got a different viewpoint, mm -hmm. everybody can get, like, you can get 10 people in a room and they all like the same movie or the same series on TV or whatever, you know? So. Yeah. And I think it's interesting too, because like I, so I'm not, um, I think I'm going to talk about this on every video. Sorry, everybody. But like, I'm not a huge <laughs> A24 film person. Like, I don't like a lot of those movies. But one of the mm. things that I've kind of learned 
about myself is like my openness to like listening to other people that love them and why they love them. And I think it's interesting too, to take two people, whether they like or dislike the same thing, but being able to gain perspective about what that, what that film did for them or what they noticed that maybe like I didn't or what they got from it that I didn't. And it's interesting because as much as I hated so many of them, I get these conversations where I'm like, maybe I feel like I maybe need to revisit them because people just point out stuff that just didn't click for me when I saw it the first time. And because I didn't like it, I didn't watch it again. And so it is interesting, like whether you like it or you don't like it, when you come together about it, just getting like different perspectives and hearing what other people got out of it too, is really interesting too. Yep. I like that part a lot. So your next one, I loved. Okay. Which was In the Mouth of Madness. Yes. And I had not seen that, that one. So, um, but you go first. You tell me what you love about that one. So, okay. So I'm definitely a John Carpenter fanboy for sure. sure. Um, I think maybe the only film that he ever did that I wasn't too fond of was uh, Vampires. Yeah. Um, it's just, I'm never, I've never really been a huge vampire fan. Okay. Um, Dracula, like Bram Stoker's Dracula is probably the last vampire film I watched that I really, really enjoyed. Right. Yeah. I just feel like a lot of them are, they're, they're, there's just very similar plot lines are very similar. Yeah. Like somebody gets captured or whatever. Right. Um, and then of course, twilight steps on the scene and that, I think that <laughs> was the very end of my time, like watching vampire films at all. I was just like, I'm done. I, I give I up. Give man. up. <laughs> like, they don't, they don't sparkle. They catch on fire. Yeah. <laughs> like, like it's, you're ruining this whole thing. <laughs> like this is, there are set rules for vampires. Okay. And you just completely destroyed it all. No, um, but yeah, so In the Mouth of Madness is one of those films that the first couple times I watched it, I didn't fully grasp quite what was going on. You know yeah, what I mean? Like, I can uh, see that, yeah. And so I think maybe like the third time I watched it, it finally clicked in my head that what's actually happening is, you know, Sutter Kane's creatures and all his characters and everything are like becoming real. Right. But the whole, the first few times I watched it, I was just kind of like, well, no, then what? what why this and why that and what's yeah. with all the, the crazy and then you got the the lady at the hotel with the tentacles and stuff and i'm like i don't understand this at all <laughs> um but it, it's and but it draws you in you know yes. like you you can't just turn it off and go away you know like you have yeah, to I watch agree. the film um and there again it, it also taps pretty deeply into the the lovecraft mythos you yes. know there's a whole lot of that in there yep um and just like the character, the uh, Sutter Kane. Um, I mean, Jurgen Prock now is just like the perfect actor for that role. Yeah, no, I, I mean, agree. He just yeah. he pulled it off flawlessly. Mm-hmm. Sam Neill plays his character to oh a T. Like I yeah. just it the whole film is just a masterpiece. Like yeah. I, I don't know how else to say it. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, it, it's just it, yeah. <laughs> and my favorite line, you know, the the guy busts through the front window of the restaurant with a fire axe. He jumps up on the table and crouches down. And he's like, do you read Sutter Kane? I was I like, whoa. Like if that happened to me in real life, I know I would need a new pair of pants. I, I promise know. you I would need a new pair of pants. And it's just like, yeah, yeah. That, that is an epic film. And yeah. that one, there again, that one, I definitely feel an influence from that film in my own writing because like yeah. I try to look for strange, weird things like that or, yeah. you know, it's one of those films too that kind of like takes 
everyday mundane stuff like you know sitting down for a coffee at the restaurant to talk and about it, yeah. a business venture right and yeah. then all of a sudden you've got a crazy guy with a fire axe busting <laughs> through the window you know so yeah. it's like i try to pull things like that into my yeah. own work writing and have moments where you're just like okay look everything's normal and, and then the birds are singing and, right. and all of a sudden horror and death and you know so yeah, I um I like that, that it creates this weird concept of mistrust because like you don't really know what to trust when you're watching it. Like you feel like you yeah. get these scenes, these moments of like calm and peace, but it's not really like you start noticing things or things change so abruptly and it creates like a really good type of mistrust where you're just like you start questioning everything and you're wondering like what's going to happen next because you know it's like too good to be true. Um right. and I actually and I'm I'm a carpenter fan. I think that like I I don't really know that I had like super high opinions on vampires but I I mean I've seen it obviously but I think that um I was really surprised that I had not seen this one like really surprised and I actually thought maybe I'd get like halfway through it and be like oh I have seen this and I just didn't remember but as soon as I saw Sam Neill I was in like I love him as an actor he played exactly like you said like the actors made this movie like what it was like it was so 100%. well done yeah and I love that I kind of like this like concept of mental illness being like a physical thing in general like I feel like mm. the spotlight that it kind of puts on that sort of like just what mental illness is what it looks like what it feels like I felt like was very well done um because I'm, I'm super picky about like when horror movies um try to have like an agenda or like a point behind them like a, like a very deep right. statement um, sometimes that's not really executed very well. And there's a lot of movies that miss that, like that ability to like really drive home what they're doing and still maintain being a horror movie. But I think this one did that. Like, I think this was perfect. Like this was the perfect example of something that can have this really great message and point to it, but also be a really great horror film, um, which I loved. Um, and I, I really liked, I liked the subtleties, the weird, um, like even when they first meet, I don't remember her name, the lady, um, when they first meet the old older lady um at the hotel like yeah. she's so off already like she hasn't even right. not, like like she's so she made me so uncomfortable just from like their first <laughs> just, meeting yeah just when they walk in the door and she starts talking to him you're like they're definitely so like, wrong with that old lady <laughs> you know what that bitch is in that book there ain't no way she's like <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Yep. um i, yeah, I loved it though i with the, where they're driving over the bridge and then like everything just disappears and they look out the window and there's just nothing. Nothing. Oh my like, gosh. So much anxiety. Yeah. And, and see, we'll see in that. And I think that may have been the point where my brain was getting lost the first couple of times I watched it Yeah. because I wasn't, I didn't realize like, so, and you know, now that obviously now that I think I have a better understanding of it, sure. um, I think that was the point where they left actual reality right. and, and then, like went into his reality you know what sure. i mean uh sutter kane's reality yeah but somehow the first couple of times i watched it that was lost on me and, and, yeah. and, and i think you know for whatever reason that was the point where i just started to like okay well now i don't understand what's happening like this doesn't yeah. make any sense you know yeah and but, I, think uh, it, I think it has like some normal nuances that he's done in other films but i think it's also like 
kind of outside the box too, as far as like what he's done in, in film. I think like, and I think you just get to a point where you're just like, I think you get used to seeing something by a specific filmmaker, or even if you get used to reading stuff by a certain author. And when they step outside of that, it can be kind of jarring. And it takes you like a second to be like, okay, so this is like new territory for everybody involved. Um, and that's what this was. I loved, I really did like this. And it's so funny thinking about like, like, I, I know I messaged after I watched it because I was like, that scene at the very end when he comes out is like <laughs> yeah. so much like that part in the, the first Resident Evil movie. I was like, I really expect him to like pull up a shotgun and like cock it and like get ready to like go fight some zombies. It was so funny. And I was like, well, obviously like that came out first, but it was just so sure. funny seeing some of those. Cause like the bridge thing also kind of reminds me of um, Silent Hill, the movie. When they did the okay. movie, okay. there's like that part where they go over the bridge and then they like can't go any further because they're like stuck in Silent Hill anyway it just had a lot of little nuances like that that made me just really appreciate like maybe some impacts that it has had on other stuff as well it makes me wonder if those other filmmakers didn't you know haven't seen that film and it stuck with them to a point where it kind of just you know made its way out into their own work you know not even subconsciously you know what I mean just the fact that it was something that made an impact with them yeah and it stuck yeah. yeah so I agree. I really like that one again. And I, I think, I think that one has a lot of rewatch value. Cause like you said, there's no yeah. way to catch everything the first time. Oh, definitely um, not. Yeah. Especially not knowing what to expect going into it. So I, yeah, I'll probably definitely have to watch it again. I did really love that though. I was so glad that that was, I probably, I don't know if I would have ever seen that movie. <laughs> put it on oh, your wow. list. I had well, never heard of it. So it was really good. I liked that one a lot. I'm glad I could pass that along. Yeah. Oh, and this one's a good one too. Um, Silence of the Lambs. Yes. So Silence of the Lambs is one of those movies that, man, there are so many cringe moments in that movie. Like there, there's just so many times where you're sitting there watching it and you're like, I don't, can I, can I actually finish this film? Like, yes. I don't even yeah, know. A lot of discomfort. Um, yeah. yeah. And, and it also, but it's so like that film for me felt very realistic right yeah so you know you've got like um buffalo bill who is like a a, basically a ripoff of ted bundy Bundy. more or less Mm -hmm. um and then you know you've got hannibal lecter who is kind of sort of based on um albert fish uh i don't know if you've heard of any of these people but no i do i know who they are (laughs) Okay. Okay. I didn't know. Cause like some people are like, Oh, serial killers. Like, no, I'm not, you know, I, oh, no, I know. I know. I mean, dinner. I don't, I probably don't know like the ins and outs of all of them, but I know the big ones. Yeah. And I yeah, know the, I and I know the correlations between the two. I, I actually had a roommate that was a really big, like she had read all the books before they did oh, the okay. movies. And so she had already talked to like, we talked, we had like a lot of talks about silence of the lambs and how like, and all of the movies that she liked the ones she liked and she didn't like. And, and we talked a lot about that. So I had already heard about those correlations. So yeah, I'm following you're good. Gotcha. Okay. Um, but yeah, so like it, it's because I think it was based in reality that way, like that really, really just <laughs> like turn the intensity up. You know what I mean? For like, sure. No, hundred percent. Yeah. And, and also it's, um, it's, it's interesting to watch Lecter's character kind of manipulate Jodie Foster's character, you know, and like, they just, yeah. uh, the relationship that they create is very, um, I don't know it's like it's almost a a, it's like a quasi friendship towards the end you know what I mean like it starts to feel kind of personal Mm -hmm. at some points and you're like you're watching it and you're like you know that's not safe right like this guy's a dangerous villain like 
yeah. you just put the barrier back up. That's right. Um, <laughs> That's right. But and but it also um, it, because it draws on people like like Ted Bundy. Yeah. You, you know when you read about Ted Bundy, yeah. the actual person, um, you realize that you know these kind of people could be anyone. Like you don't know. Oh yeah. Who your neighbors actually are, you know, right. or this guy that you you say hi to every day when you're on your way to work, like you don't know who these people yeah. are, you know, and that to me is actually legitimately terrifying. That is terrifying. You yeah. know, like I, I can't even imagine how I would feel if I went to work on Monday and found out that one of my coworkers was sent to prison for murder or something like sure. that. Like yeah. my mind would be blown, you know. Yeah. Like, and, and then too, you start to think, well, how close did I come? Cause I work with this person, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, and true. yeah, it's it, that to me is the real horror of a yeah. film like that is just, I mean, it, it's just this big unknown, basically, you know, yeah. like you think, you know, someone, but you don't, I mean, look at uh, Dennis Rader, you know, yeah. his own wife right. had no clue that he was doing this stuff and she lived with him. Yep. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's, it's crazy. Cause like, and, and I feel like, you know, I always think of this one too. I always think of the Unabomber. So I watched, um, I forget what the, how it actually happened, how it happened. I don't know. It's like a documentary style TV series anyway. Um, but like, I remember watching like the, like the first time I ever saw an interview with his brother and like where his brother talks about like that moment of realizing he was like this I know it's him like I can't even I, I can't wrap my mind around what that would be like to have this you know to grow up with a sibling or, or anybody married to somebody best friends with somebody whatever co-worker and then like right. having to process these things that they were capable of when they were this close like <laughs> yeah yeah exactly yeah yeah and it also makes you wonder like like what happens to a person that takes them to that point, right? Like right. how do you get from, I'm angry at this person to, I actually have their dead body in the trunk of my car now. Like, yeah. I don't, I mean, that's a huge leap, right? Like, yeah, I just, it, it, it there's, it just creates a lot of questions, you know? And it's, sure. I think they're questions that we'll probably never really have an answer to, honestly. Yeah. I mean, you know, we can interview these people, um, we can, you know, psychiatric yeah. evaluations, et cetera, et cetera. But I mean, we don't really know what it is that makes a person go that way. Yeah. yeah. And you can pick out the ones that had like, you know, Dahmer had some like not so fun things in his past and you can try to like kind of nitpick it like that. But what do you do when you get the ones that have like no empathy, no remorse, and they had like a great yeah. life? No, never, yeah. never. They were never abused. They didn't have some life-changing trauma happen to them. Like they had, like, they would be what you would assume just like a normal, like just going and living their life and would never hurt a person. They don't have any reason, I guess, to, um, yeah. it's like, what do you do with that? Because you can't like, <laughs> yeah. You can't break that down because there's not a reason. So it's like, yeah, yeah I don't know. I mean, I, I, there again, though, I I feel like I don't know. Um, I think that's one of those like it kind of falls into like the mental health arena, and I don't mm -hmm. think that um, I just don't know that we'll ever fully grasp everything there is to know or understand about like sure. the human brain and like how all that works. You know, yeah, no. we can we can try, and we've come a long way. Yeah. but there's just too much mystery there, you know? Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Um, I think that, I think like, I don't even remember how old I was the first time I saw Silence of the Lands, but I, I feel like it was one of the ones that I did have to watch again when I got a little bit older. 
I don't mm. think I, you know, the first time you see it when you're really young, cause I had a, I had a sibling that would like sneak and let me watch stuff. I wasn't supposed to watch. Um, cause I was right. always like interested in the horror stuff and my parents were like, no. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, uh, so, but I, I feel like that was another one where it took me seeing it definitely more than once. And mm. I had to see it as an older individual before I was able to really even understand the complexities that are kind of going on. Cause it's not, I don't think yeah. it's as simple as it comes across maybe the first time. Um, and then hearing more about some of the content from the books and like how the, like talking about like their relationship and like how it's formed. Mm -hmm. It's weird. Cause I think it's, it's so funny. Cause I think when I, even, even now, you know, how it ends, you've seen it, you know, however many times you've seen it, but when you go into it, it's almost like you forget, like you get really comfortable with their mm -hmm. dynamic. And then you're like, wait, 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 no, 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 this isn't okay. Like it takes you <laughs> a second to kind of get back to that. Like, this is not good. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely one of the best, one of the best films I've ever seen. And Anthony Hopkins is just yeah. like, I know he, if they, they couldn't have found anybody better for that role, honestly, no, like magic. he just, yeah, he is perfect for that role. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think the other actors and actresses also do their, their roles well, but he just like, yeah. I don't know. It's kind of like how, you know, some people are like, well, Ryan Reynolds really is Deadpool. I kind of feel that way with Anthony Hopkins and Hannibal Lecter, <laughs> yeah. you know, like he really is Hannibal Lecter. Like he has to be right. Like, it's <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and, and then, you know, that scene, and I, I actually think it's in um, the, the sequel, but yeah. that scene where he gets the guard into his cell and yes. he's just bludgeoning him to death while listening to classical music. I'm like, neutral like his whole demeanor yeah, is like, just so like he's yeah. not angry he's not he's just oh well like just I'm, another yeah. day in the life <laughs> yeah. yeah man that it's good yeah. <laughs> and it but was uh, silence of the lambs i'm pretty sure it was that one was one of the first horror movies that ever went up for an oscar oh really it was one of the first ones that went up and i think it won i think i might have that part wrong but i do know Silence of the Lambs was the first horror movie. And it was also like a big deal considering like you think, at least like going back and thinking about it, I feel like Anthony Hopkins is in that whole movie. I feel like he's in every yeah. second, but he's not. He has like a very short, compared to how long the film is and all the other things that right. happen, his time on screen is actually not even that crazy, like compared to most like villains or whatever. And, um, but yeah, it was one of the first horror movies that got nominated for an Oscar. I can't remember if it won or not. I'm drawing a blank on that one, but it was like, I remember reading that I did like a, um, when I started my socials last year for the month of mm -hmm. October, I did 30 second horror movie reviews every day, which is like such a stressful thing to do, but it worked out. It's fine. That was a year ago. Um, but one of the ones that I did, I think was silence of the lambs. And I talked about how, like, I didn't, I didn't know that. Um, and I, I just kind of assume horror gets kind of like cast out, you know, by like a lot of those types of things. Um, but I think of any film, you know, in a more modern sense that deserved to be put up for an Oscar, like that's a good one. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Well, and you got to figure, I mean, it's, it is a, um, because a lot of horror comes across as just like lowbrow, like, you know, it's almost uh, slapstick in a way, you know what I mean? Because yeah. like you've got blood flying everywhere, people yeah. dying and all this stuff. And, uh, yeah. you know, your more serious moviegoers are like, oh, it's just a bunch of stupid whatever. Um, yeah. But Silence of the Lambs is very, um, so it's kind of like um, 
you know, like like pulp fiction versus like literary fiction, right? Right. Silence of the Lambs yeah. definitely moved into that literary position. Yes. Just yeah. yeah. And I think that's probably why it was one of the first horror films to be recognized as a serious yeah. film. Right. You know, because they just it was so intense. They were probably like, we don't have a choice. Like we have to <laughs> it's gotta be recognized. It was like, yeah, no, that's a good point. That's true. It's crazy to think about how long horror has been around and that it took that long for it to get any recognition too. Cause I mean, like, you know, like I've seen a lot of the originals, like I've seen all the original, like universal monsters. I've seen like right. white zombie and I've seen, um, what is the Vincent Price one? I'm drawing a total blank about the zombie. I am legend. Um, like all of those, like, you know, that, that were so beautiful, like so well done. And like, right. they just were just these movies and like, it's just, <laughs> it's just crazy to think about recognition wise, but yeah, Silence of the Lamps is a good one. I, I really like Anthony Hopkins. I really like him as a bad guy. I don't know if, um, yeah. if you have like strong feelings or about this one or if you've seen it or not, but when they did the remake of Wolfman mm-hmm. with Benicio Del Toro, like, Oh my God, I love that movie so much. Like that's probably <laughs> hands down like one of the best remakes I've ever seen. Like I, Anthony Hopkins as like the baddie in that was so good. Um, if you haven't seen it, it's super, super good. I highly recommend it. I loved that one. Um, I actually haven't seen that one yet. Oh, so, God, all right. Yeah, it was one. This is how much I loved it because I don't I don't pay to own movies anymore. That's not really like a like you know as far as like paying like for a physical DVD like everything right. buys like on Amazon. That's one that I own. Like I own. <laughs> I went when it first came out. I was like I have to buy this because I saw it in theaters and I loved it. But he he's phenomenal in anything. But I really like the way he shines when he's not a good character. Like I just yeah. feel like he finds his element and he literally like sinks his teeth into it. And he's like this is what we're doing and he's really great at it. Yeah, he is definitely a, a like he is a, a villain actor. I would say like he yeah. just and he, he's done some other good work uh, like oh, yeah. uh, Hearts in Atlantis. Yeah, he was pretty good in Hearts in Atlantis. Um, it just I don't know. It just doesn't suit him. I guess like when he yeah. does, when he plays a villain, he just commands the screen. You know, you're yeah. just like watching. You're just waiting for the other shoe to drop every second that he's on the yeah. screen. You know, you're just like, whoa, okay, yeah. this guy's scary. You know, yeah. like what yeah. was that other fracture? Have you seen that with him and Ryan Gosling? It's where he ki- kills his wife. That shouldn't be a spoiler. I think that happens in the first movie. I don't. You know what? I'm not sure. It's, a psych- it's definitely like what I would sure. consider like a psychological film, but oh man, the games between him and Ryan Gosling's character, it's like, I like, it's, <laughs> I, you gotta watch that one. You gotta have that too. <laughs> That's a good one. It's a little right. older, um, but it's, it's really good. And it was another one where he's like, he plays this like crazy put together charismatic psychopath and it's just like, mm. it's so good. Yeah. That's a good one too. I liked that one a lot too. Okay. I do. Um, which takes us to dolls, right? Yes. Yes. Dolls. Yeah. So this is a film that literally scarred me for life. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I think I was probably six or seven years old the first time I saw oh, it. Oh, good grief. <laughs> yeah. So since then, I uh, porcelain dolls and I don't really get along. Um, yeah. I yeah. I, I'm okay with like if it's someone else's house, but I won't have any in my house. Like I just, yeah. 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 Um, And I think one of the things about it that 
I, I'm not really sure why that movie was quite so impactful for me. Uh-huh. I've tried to break that down in my own head and think about it quite a few mm-hmm. times to understand like what about it just, you know, change things for me like that. Um, yeah. I, I, I don't really know what it is. It, there's just it's something so off-putting and disturbing about the film. And I remember one of the things that really just kind of shook me when i was a kid when i first watched it was that scene where the one doll's like face gets broken and you find out that it's like a person underneath i was like whoa 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 whoa, whoa. what what you know because i was thinking like they like possessed or or something like that you know right yeah just whoa it just blew my mind such Um, such a great idea though like that's such an original concept to do that because you know like i've seen like puppet master i've seen or um what's the other one there's another one that has Um, to do with dolls like that maybe yeah that one and there's a couple other like random ones that came out like after all of that to kind of Mm. take the idea and kind of run with it but i think like original concept like that movie nailed that because that's not something i would have expected at all yeah, no, I that threw me for a loop for sure. And I think yeah. too part of it is like the um it's just it's one of those movies that like really boxes you in, you know, because yeah. they're in this house. Um they don't show you like once they're in the house, you don't see anything outside of the house again until the end of the That's film. That's a good point. Yeah. You know, and I, I think they like it, it closes you in and it makes you feel claustrophobic. It's uh, you feel like there's no way out. And of course you're watching this little girl Mm-hmm. in the midst of all this like all these adults are dying yeah. and all this insanity is happening and she's there's just this little girl stuck there you know um yeah and it's just whew, what a film i mean yeah it's good. <laughs> no i think um if i had to say why i think i liked it which this was one that um i did rewatch, just because i think it's been a while since i had seen it um but that this i think one of the things that i like about it is i actually like that hypothetically speaking, or I guess it it depends on how you want to look at it. I feel like technically the dolls and the Cree and the the husband and wife are like not really bad people because like he talks about one of the things he talks about is like this. And this is so true. We all turn into assholes when we grow up, like we grow up and we become like these horrible people. We lose all of our, our childhood, um, you know, whimsy, our kindness, our, you know, our, like all of our vulnerabilities. Like we, we turn into whatever life has thrown at us and then we change because of that and they talk Mm. about that with um what's the guy's name that makes it out with her I can't think of it but the guy the guy that makes it out at the end and she's like talking about hooking him up with her mom um the guy that's driving away at the end yeah he um but they they catch right away that he's got this like inner child and he's not a horrible adult and I really kind of like that as far as a depth to a a horror movie about killer dolls because it's it's something right. that like kind of lingers because you're kind of like well now I don't want to be about like a mean adult like what if I <laughs> yeah. in this house in the middle of a storm like you know but I really kind of liked that that kind of spin on the story of like they're really just getting rid of adults that don't don't deserve to be adults <laughs> yeah yeah, well, and, and it's also interesting too because with 80 the 80s world was like so focused on like teenagers sneaking off to have sex and partying. Yes. I mean, yes. you see it like it's all throughout Friday the 13th and Halloween mm-hmm. and even Nightmare on Elm Nightmare. Street. And it's yeah. just like, it's, I mean, it, I get it. It was a thing at the time. Sure. But at the same time, it's like it gets kind of tired. You know, there's moments where you're just like, all right, more partying teenagers. Okay, here we go. Yeah, I know. Um, yeah. 
and dolls was just so different in that way because yeah. you know they're they just completely i don't know like they they skipped right over that trope and instead of punishing you know punishing teenagers for making poor choices like they're punishing adults for being shitty people which yeah. makes a whole hell of a lot more sense to me it does you know? um you can get on board with it you're like yeah sorry, you know I what the I dad you sucks oh, no, oh no you're uh, good <laughs> sorry no you're but, good uh, yeah, i mean it's just it's it's definitely and then too like they you know they they protect the girl right like so they they yes. they get rid of the bad guys they protect the girl yep and like you said you finish the film and you're like well but were they really that bad of people yeah I mean, <laughs> like <laughs> yeah you're kind of like i get it i interact with adults every day i i understand <laughs> yeah yeah exactly i know those kind of people <laughs> yeah yeah i uh and i think too like i really liked the um I think I, I'm fine with slow burns and things that kind of take a little while, but I feel like this kind of, it wasn't one of those things. I feel like when the movie starts, you're pretty, you're, you're into it. Like, I feel like it didn't take yeah. me very long to connect and, and I'm like, oh God, the stepmom, like, you know, like you just get invested in the little girl's story, like right away. And I think that's done oh, yeah. really well, um, which kind of impacts how you feel about everything. The rest of the movie, you're just kind of like, yeah, death to them. <laughs> like, yeah. Yep. <laughs> right from the beginning you're like okay well if people have to die those two look pretty good like yeah, this. I'm good with it. <laughs> yeah yep. yeah no Definitely. i did like that one um i think i don't there's another there's like a second one i think i didn't i don't think i saw the second one i didn't even know there was a second one I to think be honest there I, is because i think when i tried hmm. to find where it was streaming so i could rewatch it i feel like an option for two came up maybe i'm crazy but i think but if there is i have i haven't seen it my only exposure is this one and i actually really liked it a lot i liked it a lot yeah. a lot of like familiar scary things but very new twist to them and i appreciate that when that's done well so yeah, and I have rewatched the film since I, you know, since I became an adult, and it definitely like there's a lot of things that you don't catch when you know when you're younger sure. and you watch. Oh yeah. Um, and I think if I would have been exposed to it a little bit later in life, it probably wouldn't have traumatized me the way it did. But sure, it is what it is. Seeing it younger is, yeah. I mean, I I said this like a million times. Poltergeist is like my first memory of life. That's like the first mm. thing I remember, my very first memory. And I was, I mean, I was born in 88. So by the time I saw it, I had to admit at least year or four. So it was a little bit older by the time I saw it. Um, but mm. that one is always like, <clears throat> like a staple for me. Cause that one, that one scared me so bad. Like I have so many memories yeah. of watching that. And that, so a lot of people say that like their fear of clowns comes from Pennywise, but I was never right. scared of Pennywise ever. I mean, Tim Curry is like, <laughs> you know, but, but yeah. that doll and poltergeist forget it like i can't yeah I, that I can't. was yeah talk about traumatizing like i remember we went to like my mom and i would go grocery shopping and there would be like you know clowns like giving out balloons or whatever and i'd like beeline as far away from those things as i could get like they made me so uncomfortable it's terrifying but that's why it's because like i saw that movie when i was so young and it's like it's a doll it's it's supposed to be something that represents like kid friendly like fun right. silly and kind fun of and yeah and then it's trying to kill you yeah no yep. yeah poltergeist was a good film too yeah. it didn't quite make my list i because yeah. i i tend not to i don't write too much uh with ghosts and stuff like that i mean yeah i've got some disembodied spirits here and there that pop up but sure. it's just not a trope that i engage with too much yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I don't know. I, I'm more of like a like monsters and and demons. 
cosmic entities and stuff yeah. like that you know so yeah. yeah poltergeist definitely an excellent film but i, I just didn't quite feel like it fit the list because you know yeah. I, I felt like we were talking about movies that influenced like the way yeah. that i write and the things that i'm into so yeah yeah, I was like, for yeah sure. it's a good film but if we were talking about five films that like made history in, or like film history yeah. yes absolutely yes. would be on that yeah. list but yeah. for me not quite so influential still terrifying yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. I, when I did my original list, I think I kind of went about it mentally the wrong way. Cause I, I, the more conversations I have, or the more I think about it, or the more just like suggestions I tell people of things that I like, or suggestions I get from people, like, I feel like I'm going to have to redo mine. Cause it's so hard mm. to, it's hard to narrow them down when you're a fan in general, but it's really can be hard to narrow down, like the concept of what influence means as far as what you're talking about with horror movies like what right. and I feel like I felt like my whole list is garbage I'm like I have to redo this now because I think I just kind of went in a different direction with it instead of thinking about ones that like actually impacted me or changed something about the way I look at things or the subgenres I got or whatever right so it's right. um and I think I think Poltergeist was on my original list but part of that is because it's like the first horror movie I ever saw um yeah. So it was like, but it is a good one. Yeah, it's hard. It's really hard to narrow it down to five. It really is. Yeah, I had a, a tough time with that. I was like, you, okay, so you asked me to do five. I've got like 12. Hold on. <laughs> like, <laughs> right, let me think about what I, I can narrow down. Well, and I, I also like, I, I put a couple down and then I started thinking about it and I was like yeah. thinking about the stuff I've written and yeah. like, you know, and the movies I watched and I'm like, well, I mean, yeah, these are great films and they did, you know, like they did influence me in smaller ways, but like sure. they don't seem to have a major impact on what I create now, right. you know what I mean? So I'm like, yeah, yeah it probably doesn't fit. So I'll just take that one yeah. off the list and replace it. So. And that's good because I think one of the things that I really like about these conversations is, is with people specifically who are in the world, who are writers, who are filmmakers, who do, you know, magazine articles, you edit for, or whatever, do horror photography, whatever the field is, um, that's always even more interesting than hearing what people like anyway, because then it's like, you're in that world as like, a, a, like as your every day like it's part of yeah. your life you know in a really big way and that's part of why I think it's like really interesting to talk about what it does as far as like how it like makes you write or what it makes you think about or the approaches you take or you know what I mean like I read yeah. like I got um I read the um Hunger for Death by Joshua Marcel. I got like an early copy of it. And so mm -hmm. one of his stories um, was very Lovecraft. And it was so interesting because I've talked to him about his movies and I've seen like his conversations with other people because he does a little, he's like all over everybody's stuff. So I've seen him in a lot of like talking about a lot of different stuff and seeing it, like seeing his influence that I've heard him talk about show up in the writing is like really interesting. Like just right. to see kind of how it comes full circle. And, and it's going to be even interesting now because I just started um, Fever Dreams 1 like okay. two, two days ago. I'm still in the Wraith story. I haven't finished it yet. Um, but that's Sorry. where I am. And it's going to be really interesting having the conversation with you before I finished reading anything that you've done yet. So I'd be curious to see like what clicks for me as like I'm reading it based on the conversation. It should be kind of interesting to see how that goes. Yeah, I think I think you'll see it pretty early on, especially because um, yeah. so the short stories is like my place that that I go to play basically like sure. I, I I feel like a short story is really easy to just kind of 
I mean, you can wing a short story pretty easily, you know, like you just get a, a small idea for like a scene mm-hmm. or like a, a, a moment or something like that. And then you just kind of run with it, you know, and the yeah. next thing you know, you've got like a few pages yeah. and it's, you know, and it doesn't have to be anything like dr- dramatic or extravagant, right? Like you don't really have to um, dive into every single thing about this character's life and or his whole world. history and all yeah. that, like. Yeah. All you need is this one moment where this crazy thing is happening and that's it. That's what you talk about. Yep. And then it's over. You know, and it's like yeah. a it's like a roller coaster ride, right? Like you you're 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 you get on and everything goes nuts and everything's happening and and then all of a sudden you're you're dropped off at the end and you're like what was that? Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, that short stories that's how I feel about short stories. So Yeah, um, that's perfect. Yeah. It, if, if you read through the the series, you'll find a lot of weird. You're gonna be like, that, "It's not quite horror. What is that? Like what?" Yeah, because <laughs> I just I just put stuff out, you know. And I and like I said, I don't I don't take my short stories super seriously. I just I like to write them, and it's it's yeah. a playground basically. So yeah, yeah, it'll be fun to see. And that's a, that's a really good point about writing short like horror shorts in general. Like, and I feel that way about I watch a lot of horror shorts. Like, I follow Alter on YouTube, and I watch a lot of like okay. independent like people who submit like five minutes or under like shorts for um you know like little festival things or little uh, yeah. film things. And like, I'm always so impressed with what you can accomplish with something simple like that because you right. can add a lot of not so simple things, but to get what you can pack into such a short amount of time frame, and to be engaging and strange and scary and to have like this lingering effect after somebody's watched something or read something like that's pretty impressive. Yeah. 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 I've watched, uh, there was, so I've, I've watched some stuff from Alter and there yeah. was another one. I think it was a uh, Fudio uh, used to be, I don't know if they're really round anymore, but they used okay. to, they did short horror films on YouTube. Okay. Um, and there was one other one. I can't remember the name of the company. Just a real, it was a small time, uh, you know, yeah. small time filmmaker thing. But yeah. I mean, they would do, you know, just like five, like five to 10 minute films. And mm-hmm. it's just like what those people could do in five minutes. I'm like, if you can do that in five minutes, I can't even imagine what you like could do if I gave you an hour and a half, you know, like, <laughs> holy so crap. Yeah. yeah. It's super impressive. I have a lot of respect for people who can do things like that. Cause I, I don't, I, I come up, I feel like ideas are so hard to convey sometimes, like in general, right. whether it doesn't matter the platform. And so to be able to do it in such a short amount of time frame, yeah, like it's super, it's super impressive to me. And the ones like, one of the ones that I think still makes me super uncomfortable and they actually went on to, this one got bigger because it won and then it ended up being made into a, um, a full movie, um, which was um, Lights Out. Have you seen yep. that one? Yep, so I, I, have. I, yep. I saw it before they announced the movie. So I saw it when it first like kind of got popular, I guess, after it had won yeah. its little award or whatever it was. Um, and then before it became a film and I was like, oh God, the only thing I think I didn't <laughs> like about it was the de- was the ending just because I like that effect with the smile and stuff was kind of like, meh. But everything right. before that was, I, I literally was kind of like my phone, fo- I think I watched it on my phone. So I kept like kind of, waiting on something like this <laughs> to happen um yes and I, that, just the first time she turns the light off and then the no, that figure is just in the hallway it's like oh okay that's how we're gonna so, be about all right it's yeah. so effective oh my god in the sound design when you hear the tape coming off the, the switch yep. i was like oh no i can't do this i can't do this i can't watch this. <laughs> it was so well done and it's like a two and a half minute video like 
It's not yep. even that long. I hate to say it, but the feature length film just <laughs> like it just fell short. I oh, I think Lights Out was always meant to be the short film that it started it, yeah, out exactly. as. Exactly. And it just yeah. never should have been expanded. Just like other films should never have had sequels. There's a That's few true. out there. <laughs> or remakes. Yeah, no, for sure. Oh, the remakes. Can, oh, I, you know, it kills me that our our movie scene for the past few years has just been remake after remake. <laughs> I'm like, can, can't we like, look, we've got an entire freaking, you know, internet full of indie creators making videos and, and writing stories. And it's stuff. not already done. Can we just option some of those, like grab those people, you know, like this is original yeah. content. Like, but I hate that they grab the ones that are the most meaningful to us. Like, it's so obnoxious. Like, I remember when they, the very first time that they announced that they were going to redo The Exorcist, like the very mm. next day, I got an email from something like, it's probably because of something I'm signed up for. I don't know. But it was like a <laughs> petition to like prevent it from being made. And I was like, geez, like it took less wow. than 24 hours. People were pissed. And they're, and it's like, and I think Bloomhouse is going to do it, which, I mean, okay, fine. Like they do, okay, they do good movies, but like I just some stuff is just better left alone. Yeah. <laughs> like yes. and these these old classics that impacted everything else that we have and that are so meaningful to people who are in the, who love the genre. Like leave them alone. <laughs> Stop yes. messing with them. Hundred percent agree with you. Like yeah, some some films are best left as they are. Sure. We don't need to update the graphics. We don't need to update. I no, don't just care. Let it be. Yeah, exactly. I don't care that you can see the wires in the background. I'm fine with that. Just it's, let it yeah. alone. <laughs> no, I know. And I think like so many of them, because they they still hold up so well, like The Exorcist is still a terrifying movie. Oh yeah, definitely. Because so much definitely. of it is practical effects. And then you and then you learn about like all the stuff that happens like behind the scenes while they were making the movie. And that makes right. it even more scary because then you're just like, she went through all of that. She broke like a rib. She got that, her mom got thrown across the room and like was legitimately hurt. Like all the stuff that happened, that makes it like, I don't want that to be CGI. Like, I don't want that to yeah. be, I want you to leave it alone. Like practical effects and, and those old ways of telling stories, it worked. It doesn't need to be redone. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The practical effects there again is something that I hate to see fallen by the wayside because i really feel like that is the best way to make you know gore create a monster any of that you know what i mean yeah. like practical effects are where it's at i get it it's expensive it's time consuming oh my god it's i understand that well look at the results you know, know like you get which actually i think is a perfect segue into the last movie on the list yes i would agree it is, <laughs> I was just it is a, that movie in particular is a a uh, yes. special effects just like bonanza like there are it so is. much packed into that film Whew. i'll let you do the the intro part oh yeah so yeah no I, I was just thinking the same thing in my head talking about practical effects that's all i could visualize with some of those scenes yeah so the last movie is uh the thing yes another john carpenter film yes. obviously yes um and like i said this the practical effects in that film are just over the top uh, my, I think the scene that caught me the most off guard was the scene where the dude's chest bursts open yes, and shot the other guy's arms off. Like <laughs> I never saw that coming. I promise you. you I know? didn't see like, that uh, coming either. And then, yeah, from there, like the, the head spider and all that. Oh my goodness. Like yeah. there's just so many things about that movie to love that yeah. are also kind of gross, but you know, like it's just, yeah. 
And there again, that's a film too, I feel like, where they really box you in, right? Because like, you know, that everybody gets dropped off in the middle of the Arctic from a helicopter. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's it's just, it's just this small group of people and that's it. That's what you've got. You've got those people. Yep. And then on top of that, you've got the fact that this alien being, whatever it is, right. could be any of them, right? Yes. So like you're you're isolated and now you don't know where this thing is. It's yeah. it's somewhere. It's with you, but yeah. where and who and when's it going to strike? And you know what I mean. Yeah. And it's just, oh, that film is is terrifying in all the right ways. Put it that it way. It is. Yeah, it's an anxiety ride for sure. And I think the other thing is is like when it was really smart to have it go through and destroy all their ways to leave. Yes. You know, no yes. dogs, no helicopter, no uh, whatever. The, what was the other option? There was something uh, like the. I think they had like the. Um, they weren't quite snowmobiles, but like the but something the similar tracks. Yeah. 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 Like those, those were not an option. Like you're stuck. Like, well, and, and also that escalates the monster too. Right. Because now it it's, it's not just this killing machine thinking. that's just eating, right. It's thinking it's calculating and it's fighting oh against you, you know, like, yeah, definitely. Oh man. That, that film is a masterpiece. Yeah. Yes. And it's, it's a longer movie too. So like it, it, it uh, I don't know. It's just like one of those where like you're, you're white knuckling your seat the entire time, you know, like, yeah. Yeah. And it's not one that I feel like you notice how long it is because no, there's, definitely there's always not. something going on or something to pay attention to, or like, but also it's not like so nonstop. It's like, it's a really good balance of both. There's the, the kind of slowdown moments where you have the interactions with the guys and then right. you know, like the relationship questioning of like not trusting each other and, and it's like we've and we talked briefly, well, sort of briefly about this um, through chat, but like with this concept of like what happens to humans when they're put in these situations that right, like where right. they turn into their true self and they like how quick these people who were like and it shows in the very beginning, they're all buddy buddy. They've worked together. They know each other. They cut right. up their buddies, whatever. And then it's like they're so quick to like lock somebody out into the snow because they're yeah, like, yeah. you're not getting it here. <laughs> Like, yes, I loved you this morning, but now nah, we're done. We're yeah. done. You could be an and alien and I'm not having it. So, uh-uh. <laughs> well, and too, in the way people like turn on each other, you know, like yes. you'll have someone who's like one minute, like, you know, they're, they're, they're trying to help this person, like <clears throat> not die or something, you know, like trying to save them. And then the very next second, yes. something happens and they're like, oh, wait, that's not even really this person. And all of a sudden they're trying to kill them. And it's like, yeah. The bat, yeah. I, and I, I like feel like that kind of mental turmoil is real like i feel like if yes. you were really in that situation yeah that is probably exactly how you'd react because you i mean you can't even keep up with it as a uh, a viewer <laughs> so right let alone keep up with it in it being yeah. There. yeah yeah like there's no way no I yeah i, I feel like people would definitely like lose themselves that way and yeah. just with the drop of a dime too because like i mean when your life is in jeopardy it changes you Switches. you know like immediately it changes you so it's so true I, I like that element about it a lot and I think the I think everybody that was in it did a really good job of kind of pulling us back and forth emotionally like you've got you know the people like like with uh when what's his name is like destroying everything and I'm just like like from that moment on everything with the re- the relationship dynamic shifts and there's this just yeah. constant back and forth of who to trust and who not to trust. And then it leaves you as the viewer, not trusting anybody either. Like you absolutely yeah. take on those emotions. Cause you're just like, I don't know. Like, I feel like 
I, I think they did a good job too, like kind of pointing you towards Kurt Russell's character as like the one you could almost count on Trust, to yeah. be an actual human. Like, because in the beginning of the film, it's kind of like, well, yeah, I mean, he's like the big star, so he's the guy to watch. But as the film goes on, that part of it kind of fades and like yeah. you're watching him as the only person that you can even think isn't the creature right yeah it's like there's just so many moments in the film where you're like well it can't be him because of that but the rest of the characters you're like you mean i don't know <laughs> i don't it could be that guy or it could be her it could be i have yeah. no idea you know like yeah kurt russell's the only one you feel like you can trust by the end you know yeah and then yeah, the, like the do. last scene with like everything burning down around them you're just like you almost feel like this weird sense of relief like oh thank god like <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah. It is. Yeah. That's definitely one of my favorite films. Um, that's a good one. What's your yeah. kind of like uh, interpretation of the ending? So, like, you know, there's like a couple theories about how to tell who is like infected or whatever you want to call it, taken over. Right. Um, and some people, like, a lot of people think that it's like Mac or Russell's character or like then, you know, like, or both of them because they're just kind of sitting there at the end. And it never really dives too much into like specifically like if they both have it, do they both die? Like you don't know. Truthfully, I, I feel like it's it's how do I put this? It's one of those endings that's just it's kind of it's kind of tragic, right? Because yeah. to me, I interpreted it as you know both of them are okay, like they are actually who they are. Sure. Um, but now they're stranded in the middle of the Arctic. They have absolutely no way out. They have no communication with the outside world. Yeah. Like they survived, but for what? Yeah. Like their lives are still over, you know? And it's yeah. so I think when they just kind of quietly sit down, it's like, I mean, what else would you do? Like, you know, yeah. you're dead. Right. So yeah. just, I guess, try to enjoy your last few moments, you know, like yeah. it, it is a very tragic ending. Yeah. It's pretty hopeless. It kind of like, um, like endings, like I kind of like open-ended endings sometimes if they're done right, like where you're yeah. just kind of left, like it's kind of open to interpretation. You can kind of like, you can think like there's even a small chance that somebody did come for them and one of them made it back. Possibly. And then, you know what I mean? Like it kind of goes like, it can go so many different ways. One of them could be taken over. It could be both of them. It could be, you know, like you don't know. And I kind of, right. I think it works really well based on just the shape of how the story kind of builds over time. Like you're not left unsatisfied, but they're not being closure. Yeah. Like you're okay with it, you know? Yeah, I, I could agree with that. I could agree with that. And there are some films that do that very well. And there are other yeah. films that you ask, you're asking yourself at the end, why did you do that? Like you, yeah. you didn't do it well. So why did you choose that? Like, yeah. And it leaves you feeling like an ending to me, like it's so hard to get past a bad ending. If you love, yeah. you know, an hour and 45 minutes of a movie and the last 10 minutes are garbage, it ruins the whole experience. It, it really does. Yep. It really yeah. does. And then you're just like, well, I just wasted my entire time. Like all yeah. that time was wasted, you know? Or like these, yeah. the films where like you get the super predictable ending, right? And so like half an hour into the movie, you're like, oh, okay, I think I see where this is going. And then as the movie progresses, you're like, yeah, that's where it's going. And then <laughs> the ending's just super lackluster because it happens exactly how you thought it would. And you're just like, yay. And <laughs> it's been done so many times. Like 
if it has like an ending that's been done before, at least make the ride like hard to, to break apart. Like at least yeah. make it something unique of an experience that it's not, you know, this same thing over and over and over again. Cause like that's, yep. and I don't know if like, um, I don't know if you, are you like a, do you game? Are you a gamer? Oh, a little bit here and there. Yeah. Okay. So like one of the, one of the things that a lot of people were really mad about when they played the original Outlast is the ending mm. because of how the game ends. You don't, you know, like a lot of people don't like characters, especially when they're playing them that built up over this entire time that you've played the story out for them to like not make it out or have like a happy ending. And it's right. kind of the same thing. It's kind of like, well, I'm okay with that if it makes sense, if it fits the yeah. storyline. And I feel like going into Outlast specifically, it's like, it's kind of one of those like um, conspiracy type stories where like there really wasn't a way for it to end any differently than how it did. I won't spoil right. it in case like you haven't played it or you don't know how it ends, but it's like one of those things where you're just like, yeah, but what else could there have been? There was never going to be mm. this like little perfect bow, like happy little ending. I mean- you know, like, and I'm fine with that when it makes sense. And I think this, I think the thing did a really good job with that because you're not, I wasn't unsatisfied with that ending. And there's so many times where I have been, um, but I think that was like really well done. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Even, and even though it is kind of, like you said, it is kind of open-ended, but it's, it's also, it, to me, it felt very, very final, you know, like it's like, like I said, and maybe that's just because of the way I interpret it and like sure. what I think it means. But yeah. to me, it feels very like, like those guys are damned and that's it. Like that's, that's the end, you know, like, yep. So uh, yeah. I, yeah, it is definitely a, a, a solid ending, even though it is a little more open. Yeah. And I think, and I think you're right. I think the way that you interpret certain endings like that, especially ones that don't have like a definitive, this is how it ends. Um, can affect you and like how you what you think about it as a whole in a really good way because then you're just like that's part of actually one of the things that's really fun about getting into reading a lot of horror is that like you find that your imagination actually like helps make the experience even better because you're going into a world that is new and unfamiliar and you're reading these things but there's just enough of a vagueness that you're like it just like your brain takes over and then that makes it an even better experience, whether that be in a scary sense or an uncomfortable or whatever. Um, and that's kind of what I think works for this too, is it's just like, it makes, uh, it just, your imagination kind of runs with it. And that makes you feel how you feel about the ending. Definitely. Definitely. And I I think you're right though. There, there should be a a certain amount of, uh, vague, you know, vagueness, especially when you're talking about, um, like in films, maybe not so much, but in writing, definitely, because like you want, to allow your reader the opportunity to fill in those blanks. Sure. Um, I, I think that um, fully, like, let's say, so like fully describing like a, a creature that you've created, right? Is it just kind of, I mean, it, it doesn't leave a lot open to the reader, right? right. So they, they're stuck with only your interpretation of how this thing looks versus if you just say that it looked vaguely like a spider or you describe maybe that it had tentacles or something like that you're still leaving your reader the opportunity to fill in things like color was it slimy or not was it 10 feet tall or six feet tall like you know and in in a lot of those ways it's scarier for the reader that way because they're going to fill in with like the things that have terrified them over the years you know what i mean like they're not going to fill in with a a poodle or something like that you know they're going to create this 
terrifying monstrosity that that that's what you want them to see in their mind you know yeah no i agree no i was just saying that like in a lot of cases uh if you leave things open to interpretation for your reader especially with reading um they will paint a more terrifying picture on their own if you just give them the the, like the outline of what you want them to see you know yeah um and you can i mean obviously you can fill in some of the blanks but sure. don't give too much, right? Yeah. Like you don't have to describe every single detail, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and when I read stories that are written like that, I, I like, to, I think they're overwritten. You know what I mean? Like the, yeah. the author is trying too hard to show you exactly what they saw in their mind's eye when they were writing it yeah. versus allowing you to kind of create your own monstrosity that is probably more terrifying than what they had in mind in the first place. Yeah. You know, no, I mean, I, most I of agree. the time, we fill in with the things that really scare us, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, yes. Versus, I mean, maybe for someone, uh, a spider isn't really all that scary for me. I, spiders are terrifying for me. So sure. if yeah. you tell me something had a, a bunch of legs, I'm going to think spiders, centipedes, something disgusting something like really that. Uncomfortable you know? For you. Yeah. And I yeah, think versus, too, like, oh, good. Uh, go, no, that's fine. No, I was just going to say, and it's kind of like what you talked about, about leaving it very vague about what something looks like. It's kind of like using the words like an outline of, or like, you know, like utilizing just, just the way you choose to leave it as this like not super defined thing. Like, I I think that that definitely makes things like for some, like, you know, it's kind of like um, when you read something like this is one for me, like (laughs) if like when people say stuff like, um, it's like an outline of a figure, but specifically if they say that look like something along, I don't know how you'd word it, but like something along the lines of like something with like long hair, that's so uncomfortable for me. Like I immediately go to these places of like, you know, like the grudge or like all these, you know, like all these places where these women, these female figures with this crazy long hair and you can't see their faces, like, and it's so unsettling, like so unsettling. Yep, that's exactly it. Yep, that's a good, probably a good segue to talk about your um, your books. All right, so uh, <laughs> I guess um, so. What do you want to know, basically? Uh, so I know that. that. So it's uh, Fever Dreams. Yes, and there's five of them. Yes, yeah, so far there's only five. Um, okay, I have <laughs> I have a notebook uh, on my phone that has probably like sixty or seventy story ideas in it. Ooh. that I just keep adding to <laughs> uh-huh. and it's one of those things I'm almost a hoarder in that way like I don't want to throw anything away because I never know what I might come back to oh yeah yeah so yeah. I just write the down like the stupidest things um but there again some of those are what turned into the first 15 stories I wrote for fever dreams were just these off-the-wall ideas and I was like you know what I'm gonna use that I like that one yeah so um and this the series itself is kind of an homage to some of the older like tales from the crypt tales from the dark side yeah i see um, that that's why i chose the the three story format even though it does kind of make for some pretty thin books uh yeah. i i was trying to kind of um uh, recreate a little bit of my childhood i guess yeah that's no nostalgia yeah you know yeah. so and and it, uh, the title was the thing I struggled with the most though. I wanted initially, I wanted so badly to do something that was tales from the something, you know, and I, I I racked my brain for a month and it just, it was like everything I came up with just felt so contrived, you know, like it just felt like 
I felt like I was trying too hard, you know? Yep. And then I was like, okay, so I'm just going to drop that whole concept yep. and find something mm -hmm. else. And then yeah. I can't really, I'm not really sure where the title fever dreams actually came from. It was just kind of something that I kind of stumbled across in my own head. And I was like, okay. you know what, actually that's got, that's, that sounds good. I like that. That's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. So and I think it's interesting, like, I, I like the name. I think the name is captivating and I love the art, which I know I've shared before. I love the Thank covers you. of all of them. Um, I have, I think the first two, um, okay. and like I mentioned, I just started the first one like two days ago, I think. Um, and so far I really love it. I mean, I think especially just considering, um, like the fleshing out of the first couple of people I've met so far. And um, I like, I mean, I like the way that you write style wise, it's, it's engaging. I, I feel like I'm having a really good experience. I'm actually looking forward to reading the rest of them. And, and I told you, I think I told you, I was like, I'm, I'm so against Kendall. Cause I hate, like, I don't want to read it on my phone. So I was like, I'm going to have to right. find something bigger. Um, so I ended up getting like, I have like an old tablet that I haven't used in like two years that I've like went through all these updates and I finally got it working and it's nice to see it on like a bigger screen, but, um, yeah. but I'm, I'm really excited to read them. I like, um, I think, and I think the thing about dreams is kind of perfect for shorts in general. Yes. Yeah. So I think it, I mean, I think it's great that that's where you ended up as far as name. Cause I mean, it makes perfect sense. It's all different types of things there, you know, like it's really fitting. Well, I appreciate that. Uh, and it, yeah. uh, I think you'll notice too, as you go through, you'll see that the, the cover art kind of coordinates with some of the stories that okay. are in the book. Uh, the only exception would be the first one. Um, there isn't really any story that matches the, the cover art okay. with like the hands and the eye, Eyes. but that yeah. one was more about capturing like the feel of the series as a whole. Right. Okay. So yeah. Like when I saw that image, so I, I, I'll be honest, I use a lot of like royalty free images and stuff. And then sure. I just kind of yeah. create from that. Yeah. Um, and when I saw that image, I was like, okay, that's perfect. You I have to that, have yeah. that. You know, and so yeah. and then I got the, the space background and I was like, yeah, that's it right there. That's Love it. it. That's yeah. Perfect. Yeah. So, and then uh, the, the font that I used for the actual like title fever dreams kind of, to me, feels like the old marquee, old movie marquee yeah, kind of that. thing. You yeah, know, and, and I was like, "Oh my god, this is this is perfect." I had a lot of fun creating that cover. I'll, I'll put it that way. That's so. really good. Yeah, that's great. I think, um, like, I haven't created my own book covers, but when I was working with a, a close friend of mine to kind of come up with like my logo for voices, I was mm. like, I had all these like things. It's like it was really hard to kind of capture like what because it's because it's everything. Like, I don't, right. I'm not just a let's player. I'm not just a movie person. Like it's a lot of different things. And it was so hard for me to like, um, like capture that and visual and like yeah. what I wanted it to look like. And I think like, I kind of, when I first made my socials, I went with the radio tower, you know, voices from the mausoleum and, and actually fun, oddly enough, like kind of going along with like Tales from the Crypt, just this like like this right. concept of like sharing the voice of all of these things as like a storyteller sort of would, or you know, kind of thinking like um, you know, the the reading of like War of the Worlds or like whatever. Uh, okay, so, like gotcha. kind of okay. getting into this like concept of like radio signals, and I was like, okay, but it's more than that. Like, what about zombies? And what about like, <laughs> you know, like all these things that I love? And so I literally, like, my friend is so patient and kind. I was like, here's all of my ideas. And so, like, he came up with, like, I forget how many he sent me originally, because he's like, I don't know what to do with all this chaos that he sent me. <laughs> like, came up with all these ideas. And I was like, okay, so what if we take, like, 
this piece and we removed this piece and we went back and forth like several times and um and like with the so now it's got like the radio the swishy letters um you know and the hands grabbing the top of it and it was like perfect like fucking perfect like i was right. so in love with it i became immediately obsessed now it's on everything i own like i love it so much and it's and it's important because i feel like when you create something like that whether it's the title of your book or the especially when you're doing your own um covers and stuff like it just mm. is so it's your baby like it's so important yes. for that to yes. be meaningful so that's awesome i love it i think it look great appreciate that appreciate yeah. that yeah um so yeah, so that one, um, I'm I'm definitely like I, I've got a bunch of stuff on the back burner um, right now. I'm actually kind of working on a follow up to my actual. Uh, well, I'm not sure I want to call it a full novel. I think it's probably closer to to a novella length story because okay. it's only about fifty thousand words. Okay. Um, but so I'm I'm working on a, a sequel to that. Okay. Um, I was trying to do some more of the shorts, but this this story idea just kept like smacking me in the back of the head and was like yeah oh you should write this hey you should write this you know and so yeah. like eventually i was like okay i'll put the shorts on the back burner for a little yeah. while and i'll work on this you know uh -huh. yeah. um so it's been a lot of fun um because it's this one is like so the first one um i kind of did a lot of um you know like changing from like group different groups of people you know so like yeah. not really um I wouldn't call it head hopping, but just kind of like following different storylines and different with different people. Right. Yeah, um, yeah. This one is like way, there's just like so many more people uh -huh. and so many more storylines going on. Like, I'm not sure what I got myself into. <laughs> I've, I've been having fun with it, but uh -huh. uh, there's also some concern <laughs> trying to keep track of everything. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So that one's, and uh, I, I'm really, I'm really happy with how it's coming along so far though. That's um, good. Is this so the one that you're talking about working on? Is this the one that you shared like something that came in your head, like you typed out the other day? Um, actually, no, that was a whole other one that. Popped oh, in okay. okay. <laughs> yeah. And this is I how just... I get into the trouble of having the huge notebook, you see, because my yeah. brain is just like, hang over here. And like, I'm let's like, do... what is that? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's terrible. I promise you. I'm like a dog, squirrel, you know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> But okay. yeah, so that one, actually, the one I shared on Twitter the other day was just a, a small thing that kind of popped into my head as I was laying down to sleep. And I was like, dude, I got to write that down because that's yeah. good. I got to write that down. So I wrote it down and then I was like, well, what the heck am I going to do with it? And I thought, well, you know what? I'll share it on Twitter and see if, if anybody likes it. Maybe I'll actually write it into something. If not, then whatever. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So. Okay. I was just curious if it was part of that or if it was something else. <laughs> No, it's, it, uh, it, unfortunately, it's something entirely different because my brain can't <laughs> stay on one track. Yeah. Yeah. That's how the short stories work, though, because they're yeah, just yeah. everywhere, you know? I, and so, yeah. 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 You're not so forcing I can just yourself. let my brain do stupid. You yeah. know, I'm like, hey, go ahead, have fun. Yeah. Like a kid at the playground. Like, go, go do your thing. <laughs> yeah. You don't have to spend one time doing just like, or all your time on just like one thing. No, that's great. I actually, and I'm a big fan of like anthology style stuff anyway. Um, as far mm. as like, you know, I watch a lot of anthology shows, like I've, I'm getting more into reading. So I wasn't like, I read, I grew up reading um, like Christopher Pike. Of course I read like Goosebumps okay. and I got a little bit older. I read a little bit of King. I was at my introduction to King was actually movies first though. I didn't read a lot of him um, growing up. And then, um, but like 
there's like this huge like gap in my life where like I just didn't have time for reading like ever mm-hmm. and I don't know how you guys I cannot keep up with you book people <laughs> like I try so <laughs> I try so hard and I'm like I got all of these things sound so good and I want to read all of them but I barely have time to read like the ones that I have but the good thing about getting into anthologies or shorter stories is that I don't feel as overwhelmed <laughs> by the commitment right. Um, it's like, you know, I can read this and I can, and I can move on. And then some of the indie authors I found like, oh, they're like, their novels, um, are kind of shorter. They're like, you know, or they're, yeah, you know, they're shorter. So they're not, um, they're just not as big of a time commitment. Um, yeah. I mean, when you look at some like the stand or something like that, I mean, that book is huge, huge. I don't know. know I've never been able to power all the way through it. Honestly, I've tried to, I've told myself I'm going to. And then I get interested in like another book that's shorter and I'm like, well, no. I mean, I could, you know, <laughs> yeah. I, so, yeah, yeah, it's, it's a, yeah. Books are a huge time thing. And it's, and so like, I, I work an office job. And so like, I get like, um, I have the ability to like put my headphones in and like watch movies in mm-hmm. my time, but like, I don't, but I, but that's while I'm doing other things, which is not something right. I can do with books. And I don't like, I mean, maybe this will have to be something else. I have to just kind of get past, but I'm not super big fan of audiobooks Cause yeah, it's like I'm the not. voices, the voices of whoever they choose sometimes like, I don't know, like it just causes a disconnect for me and I forget what they just mm-hmm. said. And I just, I don't know, like, I can't, I can't focus on it. I don't have the attention yeah. span. Um, and I, and I very much like to read it myself. And then if I need to, I can read the, you know, the sentence before and, and so on and yep. so forth. But like, I, I want to find more time to read. Cause like, especially like interacting more with authors and meeting people that like, I've met a lot of booktubers recently and like people mm-hmm. that are like, these stories are great. And I'm like, they sound amazing. I'm it's going to be 30 years before <laughs> I get to read them. And I have like such a long list because starting in, um, in January, when I launched the web, my website stuff, like I'm going to try to do a book club sort of thing where I read like a book a month, because I feel like that's a reasonable amount of time, but there's so like, but I already have like enough books to do one a month for like, seriously, 15, like such a long time. And it's like, I'm going to have to find time to read stuff in between there because I just don't have like, I don't know. It's like, I actually started reading your first one on my phone and I was reading it while I was sitting in the backyard while my son was riding his Jeep in circles. I was like, this is a good time. (laughs) (laughs) And just finding time to like pencil it in, you know, when, when I can, but um, yeah, I, I, I like the anthology stuff in general. It does. It's like a, um, the, the, the various stories in one, like, and even like, um, tales, tales from the dark side. Um, so like the movie, you know, in the movie, it's like one big story and then it's got yeah, and then like, the shorter the breakup. Yeah. I love stuff like that too. I think is, is really a lot of fun. And there was a newer one that came out in like 2018. What was it called? The mortuary collection. Yes. Yes, that oh my was God, good I love too. That, one. <laughs> that was really good too. Such yeah. a good one. Such a good one. I remember really like I watched that one and I did like a 30 second review on it. And I like tweeted that I did a review and the person who made it like commented and I was like fangirling. I was like, oh my God. Like <laughs> I was like, but it yeah. was so good. I love that yeah, but one. But that ending, like there again, that was one where the ending just completely, I was like, I'm sorry. What? <laughs> I know. I know. Yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to spoil it for anybody. No, right. Seen it, yeah. But- yeah. It's oh, a little wow. newer. It's on, I think it's a technically a shutter original, I think. Yeah. 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 So it's on shutter, yeah. but man, I highly recommend that one. That's a really good one. And I, I don't even know what I heard about it somehow. I follow shutter. So I'm sure they like shared a poster or something. And I was like, yeah, oh, that looks you, really good. 
I get ads on Facebook and stuff from them. And that's, that's where I first caught it. And I was like, I have to see this at some point in my life. Like oh my I definitely gosh. have to watch this. Yeah. No, yeah. I loved it. I thought that one was really good. Um, anyway, yeah. So yeah, let's see. There's five of that. You said, so you have another book that's not related to the. Yeah. So yeah. So I have, I have the five fever dreams, uh, yeah. books that are up. I have another series that's called, um, uh, now I'm drawing a blank here. Wow. That's terrible. Uh, it's called the interwoven. I'm sorry. It's called the interwoven underverse. Um, and it's ah. a, it's also short story um, compilation. Um, but the stories are tied together by like a single person or a single oh. idea, okay. a single place, um, things like that. And so yeah. that's where the uh, the idea for the title uh, for the series came from because the stories are all kind of like melded together. You know, right? Even though they're all different, um, yeah. Yeah, so I have one out. I have one book uh, in that series out right now. It's called Parsons Pond. Um, it's about it, well, it's kind of like your your typical um, you know small town haunted house kind of thing, right? Like okay. everybody everybody's heard of it. Everybody, sure. you know, uh, well in this case, not everybody knows where it is because it's kind of like hidden in the woods outside okay. of this small town. Okay. But uh, you know, it's one of those things. Everybody's heard of it. Everybody's heard the fifty million stories. People yeah. die. People disappear. Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you get a real taste of like what it actually is when my my characters actually figure out where this place is and okay. they go there and, and things happen. Um, okay. That one was a lot of fun to write as well. Um, yeah. I, I had a lot of fun putting that one together. Um, I've uh, I've had a couple of folks that read it that said they did not like the ending because I, I didn't do a happy ending for that one. Uh, okay. So I, I got some some not so nice feedback for that, but I'm like, I don't care. Because yeah, to me, and, the ending, when uh, I read, okay, so this is going to sound a little pretentious, so forgive me for that, but <laughs> when I reread it to do, like, my editing and stuff, okay. when I read the ending, it actually made me tear up, and I was like, yeah, this stays. Yeah. Like, this, this has to stay, Yeah, you know? Because even though it's not happy, it's it's the the ending. Like, it is the ending. Like, I don't know how to say it other than that. Like, it's, it, that's it's what it is. There. Yeah. 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 It's, I like the way Stephen King put it where, you know, writers are kind of like archaeologists, right? Like the story's already there. We just have to uncover the the parts of it. And I I like that because that's kind of how it feels, you know, when you're writing a story, it's, it's almost the same as reading it. Cause sometimes you're like, well, I didn't expect that to happen, you know, or I didn't expect this character to come in. And then all of a sudden Mm -hmm. there they are, you know, um, stories do very much live on their own, you know, outside of the writer. So yeah. I, and I'm not like, I, I think I said this before, I'm not like a big happy ending person anyway. So now hmm. I'm kind of like super intrigued. Cause like, I know there's a lot of movies that I really love that people hated because they didn't have happy endings. And I'm like, yes, but that's why it's so good. Like, because yeah, it was exactly. the only ending that made any damn sense. Cause if you made it happy ending, you're like, well, we just went through all this for nothing. Like no lessons were yeah. learned. There was no consequences. Like, and I also like, especially um, if the film uh, more specifically, cause I am just kind of jumping back into horror reading, but like, if it's very uh, supernatural and na- like in nature, it's like, well, yeah, because if that stuff is real, we're not 
coming out of that fine. Like that's not yeah, no. where right. these like boring meat bags, like there's no way that like, we're going to lose, like we're not good does not win against supernatural. That's not a thing. So when that right. goes, you know, in that direction, like woman in black is one. A lot of people didn't like the ending. I loved it. Mm. Um, what was the other one? That's a really big, like hot button for people. The movie mama. I don't know if you've seen that one. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So like, I love that ending. I was like, that's yeah. the only ending that makes any sense for the whole movie. Like, and people hated it, especially parents. I know a lot of parents that saw that, that were like, that was the worst movie ever. And I'm like, no, it wasn't. It was effective and scary. And I loved yes. like the ending. I loved it. So um, that's kind of intriguing. Yeah. So is that one on Kindle too? Yes. That one's okay. also on Kindle Unlimited. Yep. And okay. then I, I also have, I, I call it my first novel because I, <laughs> I have always, since I've always written short stories, that's been like my mainstay. Um, yeah. It, actually was very difficult for me to reach 50,000 words in a single story. Um, And so to me, I call it my first novel because, you know, I finally got there. Right. Right. Yeah. Probably more what you'd call a novella length, I guess, maybe. Um, But uh, that one is um, how I put this. (laughs) It is a um, it's kind of like Lovecraft meets uh, C.S. Lewis in a way, right? Okay. So like okay. you, you've got now my my characters aren't quite so young, right? Uh, okay. They're they're more like fifteen, sixteen kind of age range. Okay. Um, but you know they're just your your typical kids, except you know they're bullied at school, um, what have you, and um, one day, um, one of the kids' dead dads comes back from death and tells him that you know the fate of the world rests on his shoulders and that all these bad things are going to happen unless he gets his ass in gear and you know goes on this crazy adventure you know um and it's uh like i said it was very difficult for me to write just because i'd never completed something that long before um i for some reason i had a very difficult time kind of uncovering that story like i got some of it very came very easy like the the first couple chapters came to me pretty easily uh some of the scenes towards the end of the book came to me or pretty early on but the stuff that happened in the middle is kind of where i kind of just you know like i i I would come up against a blank at times and it's like well i mean it can't just be nothing obviously something has to happen here you know and so over the years that i worked on i miss i spent like five years working on that thing um yeah (laughs) so over the course of the years though it was just like okay well maybe if i you know take a step back for a minute and then that's when i kind of started writing the short stories for fever dreams and stuff like that you know it's like okay well i'm going to take a break from this big project and work on something a little smaller where i am more comfortable um and then come back to the big one at the end right um and so yeah but now that it's done it's strange because now that the the first novel is done and complete the second one is just kind of flowing out like a river you know oh wow yeah well where was that with the first time you know (laughs) give a guy a break yeah but um yeah so that one uh, that one is definitely a labor of love (laughs) for sure it's very difficult for me for some reason I'm not sure why I don't know I feel like part of it maybe is kind of like that imposter syndrome thing that people talk about you know where like you know you write something and then other people read it and they're like oh man that's really good and you're like but is it really yeah yeah yeah. like yeah is it really that good or is that just you know are you saying that because you have to like you feel like you have to you know yeah 
Or like you let a friend read it, and you're like, yeah, but you're my friend. Like, you yes, know, like yeah. you care about me. You know, like you don't want to hurt you my want to feelings. Be mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I feel like there was a lot of that that went on too when I was trying to write that book. It just, you know, I was kind yeah. of warring with myself, you know. And right. of course, at the time I was still, I was actually still attending college um, and working full time. I've got kids at home. Yeah. So, you know, I had a, a lot of full plates on the table. Sure. So you put it all together, you know, it's a perfect storm kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So. Huh. Cool. But I finally did it. Five years. I finally did it. It's out there. It's public. <laughs> you know? So I have to look at that one. Yeah. I think I only knew about fever. I think I only knew about the fever dreams. So I'll have to go look and find Yeah. Out. I've been, I've been trying to, you know, kind of get it out there like through social media and stuff, but yeah, um, I mean, it's, it's difficult, you know, cause there's, there's so many voices out there now, you know? Um, yeah. I mean, when you get into social media, it's like, I mean, there's millions of us out there trying yeah. to say, Hey, look at this thing I made, you know? And it's I like, know. well, you got to try to compete with that. But at the same time, like, I, I feel like this is a community where you, you're not really like, it's not okay to step on someone else's toes to try to get ahead either. You know what right. I mean? Like the way no, we all yeah. interact with each other. Yeah. I wouldn't want to be like, okay, well, I don't want you to read Josh Marcella's book because you got to read mine instead. Like, no, sure. please, by all means, go read Josh's book. Go yeah. buy that one, but come on back my way when you're done. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, I think uh, I've been kind of, um, I think a little like surprised by the community as a whole. Like I see it from, yeah. you know, not even just with people who have helped support me or who share my stuff or whatever, but like just watching every, like you guys interact separately, like seeing the stuff right. that everybody shares. And-, and it's strange, right? Because like, it's a bunch of people that are into watching films about murderers and monsters and stuff. And yet we're like the chill, the chill group, you know, it's crazy. It's crazy. It's but crazy I, yeah. I have loved it myself because I yeah. didn't really know what to expect. You know, I was just kind of like, well, we'll see what happens when I get out there. And yeah. I was just blown away by how many people are like sharing each other's stuff. Um, you know, giving each other shout outs, yes. uh, doing stuff, just collaborations, like what we're doing right now, you know, yeah. stuff yeah. like that. Like I, it's just, it's mind boggling me to see that, especially when we, we are truly actually kind of in competition with each other. Right. If you think about it, from a, um, yes, yes. You know, we want, yeah. we all want to be read. We all want to have views on our videos and yeah. stuff like that. But at yep. the same time, like that's not so important to us that we're willing to shut other people out. And yeah. that is awesome. Yeah. You know, and I, yeah. yeah, it's just, it has blown me away. And I feel like because we group together, we help each other become more successful, which I think is something that a lot of people in maybe other areas don't recognize. Like, like, mm. and I think it's so funny that you said you're like, and we're some of the like cool, the chillest people. So when we did this, that live thing on Tuesday for Josh's book release, um, mm. I, first of all, I was like, it, I, I was like blown away that I even got invited to be a part of that. I was like, holy cow. Like I was mm-hmm. so excited to be a part of it. And so like, but he said, he said something similar. He was like, you know, well, he's like, it's so funny like we get judged about being in the horror world like there's always this like preconceived thing by people who don't like horror or who aren't into it right. that you're like oh you're a bunch of weirdos and blah 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 and it's like and he's like but we're all like animal lovers we all own a cat like it's just like, you know? <laughs> yeah. and I'm like sitting here like yeah that's so freaking true like I had a co-worker literally like I decorated my office for Halloween um and he asked me very oddly was like uh is has Halloween your thing 
And I was like, uh, well, I mean, horror in general is kind of my thing. Yeah. And he was like, oh, I wouldn't have expected that. And I couldn't help it. I'm kind of blunt in general, Ooh. but I was like, well, you don't really know me that well. So why would you have known what to expect? I was like, also, it takes a five minute conversation with me to know that that's yeah. like who yeah. I am is, I mean, like I wear, I wear like my horror t-shirts and my jeans to school, to, to school, to work. Like, you know, this is like, this is not new, you know, like, yeah, this like, is, God. this is ingrained. Yeah. This is just part of who I am. He made a, he made his mind up about who I was as a person in 30 seconds, because I said that I was into the horror world. And I was like, get the fuck out of my office. Like, what are you even doing in here? Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. Come on. yeah. No, I'm, I'm with you on that. Like my wife and I have talked about, cause we've got some, pretty nice decorations from uh spirit halloween you know yeah, yeah. And we've talked about just leaving them up all year and yeah. then just putting like the santa hats on them yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we said like, that perfect and i'm like do you realize what people are gonna think if they see the giant thing in the yard with a santa hat on oh top, my god you know? that's perfect though i love it yeah my husband and we i can like neighbors out here so oh right my husband and I collect skulls. Like we have, um, there's a netherworld. It's like a really big haunted house here. And like every year that we haven't gone the last two years because of COVID. But um, when we have gone, we always get whatever their new skull is. We like have them everywhere. And we've done the same thing. We've got like little mini ones and you just put the house. <laughs> yes. Like, yes. Why not? You it's know? the season. Like. <laughs> yes. Agreed. Cool. Well, I won't take up too much more of your time. This has been a great conversation, though. It has. It has. Yeah. It's been very awesome. Um, and whenever I post the uh, the videos are going out in January, I'm not 100% sure of the order because I'm trying to rotate my genders. I'm doing like female, male, female, male. And um, But when it does, I'll let you know. And I'm going to link all of your stuff in my description for my video. So when you get to this point in the video, click all the links below and go look at his stuff. <laughs> and... Um, <laughs> And then, yeah, and I'll let you know when it goes live and all of that stuff too. So I really appreciate you taking the time. I've been like, so I'm loving these conversations. They're, they're just like so exciting. Like I look forward to every single one because they're all so different. We always talk about different things. The only common thing I can say is no matter who I'm talking to, there's always tangents involved. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh yeah. That's, I mean, yeah, but you gotta, you gotta figure we're talking about something that we're passionate about. I know. You know like, <laughs> stuff, so it's gonna happen <laughs> it's gonna happen so and I, what I've just been doing so like when my editor like and I did this with Josh's video too we cut it down substantially um and so all of he took apart like our little tangents and made them into short episodes so then okay. you know periodically here or there I'll be posting everybody's like tangent pieces you know gotcha. and like and like on the social medias and then when the um, website and stuff goes up I'm going to do podcast and so these will all be released as full episodes on the podcast so everybody will get the full experience of the everything <laughs> so. I've actually thought about doing a podcast myself like yeah I, right now I have everything like uh enrolled in Kindle Unlimited so you know it's kind of locked down I can't really do anything with it oh okay um in that respect but like once that period's over over i've thought about turning like fever dreams or something like that into a podcast and yeah. then you know just kind of i mean just i think it would be fun you know just to yeah. do the reading and then do like some maybe some sound effects you know do yeah. some, some voice changing kind of things you know yeah. No, I think that's a great um, idea. And you're in a I great mean, community to do it because like everybody listens and does like, I mean, you know, everybody's like really involved with everybody's stuff. Yeah. 
So I, yeah, you're in a great community to do something like that, just to kind of push out your, you know, your content even more like your, your books and your yeah, writing and exactly. get yep. it out there. Yeah, no, for sure. I think it's, that's a great well, idea. It's all about the branding, you know, like that's a big <sighs> thing. You know? Yeah. You also, I just like, you have to kind of like overdo it. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it feels like sometimes you're like, man, I, I, like, all I've been doing all day is talking about myself. But I know, time, like, but you have to. We're you like, do, you really do. We're our marketing, we're our salespeople, we're like everything is in us, and we have it, to do it, or no one's going to know to watch it or read it or click it or whatever. So, yeah, that's true. That's it. Okay. Right. Well, well, I will. It was good uh, talking to you. Oh my God. Yeah, you too. I'm excited. I'm actually. I think I'm gonna have Mike is my editor. That's what I keep referencing. Um, I may have Mike cut out our one of our tangents and actually post it before this video goes out because I kind of liked it. We'll see if I can get him to do it uh, earlier. <laughs> he's I'm like, sure he's, he's like, person. he's like, I gotta stay on top of these or they're gonna overwhelm me. And I was like, that's very smart because there's so many of them. <laughs> um, but anyway, but yeah, all right, cool. Well, I hope you have a good rest of your uh, your night. What's today, Saturday? And enjoy yes. your rest of your weekend. Will do. You do the same. Thanks. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah. Thanks for coming. It was a blast. I, I loved our conversation. It was great. Awesome. Cool. Catch you later. All right. See ya. Have a good night. Okay, Mike. This is the generic outro for the influential top five. Okay. Three, two, one. Hey, guys. Thanks a lot for hanging out and watching our uh, top five influential uh, horror movies. Um, I'm really enjoying doing these episodes. They are a lot of fun and I am really enjoying the interactions I'm having with other people in the horror community. So I hope you are enjoying watching them as much as I am having them. Um, these episodes will be also listed on our podcast, which will be in the description below. Um, and you can go there to listen to the full episode um, without the cuts that we had to make for time references for um, YouTube. And um, yeah, make sure you circle back. There's going to be 11 episodes total. So make sure you're caught up on all of the ones before and after. And I hope you guys enjoy the rest of your week. Enjoy your weekend. We will see you in the next one.